Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. As always, I'm your host, Cade Walker. And we're here for, uh, well, I'll be releasing this on a Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning breakdown for you guys. Um, just discussing the events of roughly the past five, six days, something like that. Uh, some transactions, some some events that happened in the game, uh, just some generic stuff. But I, I do want to highlight some guys because yes, the Rockies are uh, not good. The the roster is kind of glaring in terms of the holes that it has. Um, the Rockies are not winning. Uh, I think they are. They're three and eight currently the Colorado Rockies are. So they're chasing that that number one pick, right, in the draft. And that's definitely, you know, something that is attainable. Um, You don't want to tank for the most part, right? Respectable teams avoid tanking. Um, But, you know, at some point in time, it may become necessary to I mean, maybe it's worth it to lose a few games to up the draft stock. I believe if the Rockies would have lost, I think, like two more games last season, they would be uh, the three pick instead of the eighth pick. And that's that's a big difference. You know, you have a talent drop-off, um, really mostly after the first two picks between Jack Leader and Kumar Rocker as what most people consider to be generational pitchers. Both of them are coming out in the draft. Both very, very talented arms from Vanderbilt. Um, but the Rockies won't really get a shot at them. Um, so, uh, again, you know, losing a game here and there isn't the end of the world. Uh, it's not necessarily the greatest thing. You don't want to automatically lose. You want to put together a competitive product for the field that is running the business side of things. But at the same time, a large part of the business side of things is to put together a product that is purchasable. So, as I've talked about before, the Rockies need a plan moving forward. They need a a concrete plan with action steps designed to be taken. And in my opinion, a growth in the analytics staff. And, I mean, it seems like the scouting department is fine, but the, the development at the lower levels is probably a bit lacking. So, anyways, there are just some overarching concerns that I have with the organization as a whole. Obviously, that's aside aside the point. But um, the methodology for the Rockies needs to be something that's tangible, something with a realistic goal, uh, something with an attainable goal, with a an objective that is uh, Agreed upon by all parties involved, ownership, the general manager, um, the, the coaches, um, and to some degree even the players. Because, you know, you put together the players and you ask them to play for, say, a really bad team. And you have someone like Charlie Blackman nearing the end of his career. Um, you you want to have all the guys in the organization on the same page when it comes to the goals and objectives that you set for the organization. And right now, <clears throat> just based on roster moves and... Uh, emails and press conferences and discussions and, and all that. I still do not believe that 
Jeff Breidich in the front office for the Colorado Rockies has a tangible plan moving forward to become a playoff contending team at the least and a World Series contending team at the most. So, uh, with that out of the way, I just want to talk about a couple guys that I wanted to highlight just in terms of raw numbers. Um, So, the first of which... Uh, I want to start off on a kind of a lower note just to not completely dwell on the negative so frequently like I often do because this team is not giving me, you know, the most positive vibes. But um, who I wanted to start with was Josh Fuentes. And yes, here's the obligatory Nolan Arenado mention. Okay, it's over. We don't have to talk about him anymore. Josh Fuentes. Um, He's been he's been playing first. He's been playing third. And, you know, the problem is, like, Josh Fuentes last year, I talked about this, he led all National League first baseman in defensive run saved uh, while playing half the innings. He didn't even get a chance to play or to receive a gold glove for that um, that award because he didn't even qualify, didn't even play enough innings. But he was still putting up more defensive run saved than those candidates. Um, and defensive run saved is a cumulative statistic, so they do count it, like, on... Um, it's like something like hits or RBI where, where it racks up over the season. So, um, you know, keeping that in mind, Fuentes is... Okay, so he's in the 5th percentile expected weighted on base average. That's really bad. You look at his baseball savant page and basically all of it is blue, which blue is blue is not what you want. Blue is in the, the lower half of the league in terms of skills that they have. Um, measurable skills that they have. Uh, something like expected slugging with percentage, strikeout percentage, max, max exit velocity, etc., etc. You know, as good of a dude as Fuentes is, and how much I want to root for him, he's just not really proving to be a capable major league hitter. Um, fantastic fielder, can absolutely pick it any day of the week. I, I'm just not sold on his offense. He just hasn't shown anything at the... Uh, major league level to suggest that he can hit at a major league level you know what's what's funny is that among qualified players uh, he is very dead last in walk rate I think in something like 193 plate appearances he has three walks which is criminally low you know you look at guys like like Mike Trout and it's not fair to hold up someone to um to to Mike Trout but I did want to point out that Mike Trout is having an incredible season, um, and he's drawing 25% uh, of his at-bats as walks. Uh, Fuentes has only walked three times in his 195 plate appearances, so definitely not, not a good ratio for him. Um, by far the lowest in the league among qualified players. So uh, keeping, that, keeping that in mind, I, I believe that... When Brendan Rodgers comes back, Fuentes is probably the one that's going to be uh, removed from the rotation for the infield. So, uh, you know, keeping that in mind, just just thinking about that, I think Fuentes is probably the odd man out moving forward. Which, not to say he can't get better, but there's just no data suggesting he's going to get better at this point in time. Uh, I trust the work ethic. He's related to Hernado. Um, and he seems to show it. I mean, he's he's playing Major League Baseball. He's he's good at some level. He just 
um, you know, has just struggled with major league pitching and can't knock the guy for that necessarily. But uh, moving forward, there's just no reason why he should be a part of the Rockies' regular uh, rotation. Um, I think that he's a good defensive sub off the bench. Uh, maybe get a spot start here and there, but he's not a solution at any at any uh, point in time and in any capacity. Um, so, uh, moving past Fuentes, which, you know, uh, again, I like Fuentes. Great defensive player. I think sticking him at first is probably the best bet, but considering the alternative of C.J. Crone um, and the offense he brings, I- I'm just not really sure uh, what would be the best for the team is at that point in time. But uh, the best thing for him is um, probably to accept a little bit of a lesser role, just to, um, to, to, see, to, to see some other, uh, so some other configurations that I think Bud Black um, could throw out there for, uh, for the Rockies. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next guy I wanted to highlight is, is Ryan McMahon. Uh, Ryan McMahon has started off unbelievably hot. Uh, I think he currently, at least last time I checked, is number one. Yes, tied, but still number one. Most home runs in Major League Baseball. It's impressive. It's very good. Uh, McMahon deserves it. He's great. Uh, he's been he's been stuck behind a little bit of a logjam in the infield for a bit. Uh, but now that he's getting consistent playing time, I think that we're going to see a fairly large leap for him uh, moving forward. And the data suggests that, you know, I've I talked about it many times, many times, predicting Ryan McMahon is going to break out at some capacity. And, you know, when you tie in the fact that he has an 89th percentile expected weighted on base average, 91st percentile expected slugging, you know, you tie those two things together that illustrate his incredible batted ball profile, and you pair that with a 99th percentile outs above average at third base. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily match the eye test in terms of, hey, wow, you know, know, this this guy's just as good as Nolan Arenado. Rockies didn't lose anything on defense. If you've been watching, there have definitely been some plays that both McMahon and, uh, and Fuentes have... Attempted to make, but couldn't make. I mean, nonetheless, the numbers still like McMahon um, as a defender fairly heavily. And uh, if he maintains this, um, this, I, I, it looks like McMahon has bought into to some launch angle stuff, or at least he's he's tried some stuff that has led him there naturally. And you know, you you let him into that, uh, and you combine that with his batted ball profile, how hard he hits baseballs, just how hard he hits baseballs in in raw number. He is uh, one of the most powerful players in the game. And maybe that's hyperbole, but he he has underrated power. And I think that's that's more of an accurate statement to say that he's one of the more underrated players in the game, at least in terms of his power when, when discussing power and strength. So um, definitely that's... That's encouraging, Ryan McMahon. Um, I know Drew Creaseman over at DNVR predicted that Ryan McMahon would be an all-star in 2020. Did not happen, but maybe it's around the corner. We'll see if he keeps up this pace. Certainly, certainly has to be in the discussion. Um, so, 
then the last guy I wanted to highlight is Trevor's story. Uh, Trevor's story has been patently excellent. 79th percentile exit uh, velocity on average, 80th percentile expected weight on base average, uh, whiff percentage down at 86%, which is a great, great move for him. Expected slugging down at 87%, um, strikeout rate 88%. So these these are all very good things. These are all excellent. He, I think, he's been a little bit unlucky. You know, he's hit a lot of, lot of hard baseballs. Hasn't gotten a ton of breaks. Uh, just to show you how unlucky he has been, his expected weighted on base average this year is 415. That's fantastic. That's really good numbers. Now, you look away from his expected weighted on base average. You look at his actual weighted on base average, um, and that sits closer to 315. So, uh, an almost entire, well, literally, as of right now, literally, an entire 100-point uh, differentiator. So... This is definitely a good indication that story will will be better moving forward. Um, he'll find more results, more stuff will land, and I think he will be the, the same player um, that he, I mean, usually is. I mean, he still is currently. You know, he's hitting baseballs really hard, making really good plays, um, and showing why he is a top two shortstop in baseball. So, you know, that's that's good to hear, and it's good to look at for Trevor's story, um, because, you know, you, you want him performing really well. I mean, if you're going to look to trade the guy, uh, which I think is inevitable, then you want his value to be very high, and I, I think it will be. Um, the adjustment moving away from Coors Field might be tough, because midseason um, might kind of induce that Coors hangover effect, but that, that should be mitigated fairly fairly quickly, so... Um, yeah, I hate, don't. I don't really like talking about Trevor's story in, in that light, but that's just the reality of the situation. But uh, regardless, I, I do enjoy just just watching him play, and he is uh, he is excellent all around. He's been blistering a lot of baseball, so um, that's been good to watch. Um, and and the numbers back it up. The numbers back it up. He hasn't really put up the greatest uh, results yet, and just in terms of raw numbers. But I mean. Based on his expected numbers, he's been he's been hitting the ball really hard. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, so with that, I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is of course of course DraftKings Sportsbook. So basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, other teams are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. Unfortunately, one of those teams is. Probably not going to be the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think they're going to make a, a playoff run, but with the injury to Jamal Murray, we're just not sure how likely it is um, that a championship is a possibility for Denver this season. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game. And if that game, the team of your choosing, hits a three-pointer, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds of your team of your choosing to hit a three-pointer. They don't even need to win. They just need to hit a three. This year, teams have been hitting threes at a ridiculous rate. So get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before 
this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, and you can deposit your money um, and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. If the basketball team of your choosing hits a three, that's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, the Rockies made a couple of transactions this week, I believe uh, two days ago from when I'm recording this. Uh, before I get into those transactions, do want to talk about this Chris Owings injury a little bit because um, I talked about Josh Fuentes and how he's not hitting the greatest, uh, which I think means C.J. Crone is going to stay at first base for a while. Um, so with Chris Owings, uh, his utility not being there, uh, I think that obviously, I mean, McMahon's going to be a staple in the in the uh, rotation, and you know, Garrett Hampson might see some minutes in the infield as well. But again, like I said earlier, I think once Brendan Rodgers is able to be healthy, able to play, he will play. Uh, I, I think it, him playing is inconsequential largely to uh, whether the Rockies win or lose. Uh, but you do want to see what you get from him because he was your top prospect for a while. So you, you want to throw him into that deep end right now, see if he is worth holding on to. So uh, with that out of the way, I want to talk about two of the pickups that the Rockies made, the first of which was uh, Ivan Nova. And, you know, Nova has, he's kind of bounced around a little bit. <clears throat> he had he had a decent stretch um, earlier in his career, but... Last year, uh, he pitched, didn't pitch very much, only only pitched a few innings for, I, I believe, Philadelphia last season. But he was really in the first, the, the first, not, not the second, not the top five, the first percentile, which means at the very bottom, in expected slugging, expected ERA, expected batting average, strikeout percentage, expected weighted on base average. Um, the, the numbers just aren't really bearing it out, so uh, I'm not really sure like what the upside for this signing could be. I'm not even sure that there's really even upside in this move. Um, like like I said, he had a decent season a few seasons back, but I mean nothing nothing has been trending in the right direction the past few years. I don't know if I could even spot any sort of um, any sort of resemblance to a high quality starting pitcher or at least you know, replacement level starting pitcher in major league baseball um so with that in mind uh, the next signing was chris russin uh, rocky's legend he was here for a little bit uh, I, he also left for a little bit of a of a bigger market with more money more baseball i guess um and you know he ended up back here um, near the end of his career, and he he was virtually un- uh, unplayable, it looked like, in that scenario. So, I mean, you know, I guess the Rockies do this every so often. They grab uh, they grab a guy from the the twilight of his career, um, sometimes even past that. Maybe they're borderline, basically retired. Um, and, and the Rockies just, you know, 
sign them, put them, put them to use. And I mean, and you know something about that that strategy? I don't, I don't really like. Is first of all, you're not going to get any upside out of Chris Russell. So why not bring up a guy in AAA and you know see what kind of innings he can offer you? I know they had Lucas Gilbreth, and I think they put him at the uh, at the satellite camp. I'm not a hundred percent sure where Gilbreth is, but you know he was someone who uh, was trying to get on the 40 minute spring training, like uh, you know lefty throwing mid nines from the left side. Like you know why couldn't? Why couldn't the Rockies say, "Hey, let's let's get him some innings here"? Like Ryan Rollison might might be able to um, get a lot more innings than than he is. I think just you know to see what he what he has. So, I mean that's that's just my two cents on the matter. Uh, but um, again, I I don't think these signings are particularly good, even if it was for a, a more contending team. If it was. This this move isn't necessarily good for for anybody. For no um, nobody, no contenders want him. No other other players really really want that. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all I have for you guys for this episode. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in again to the twentieth and Blake podcast. Um, tune in next time. Ask me questions on Twitter. DM me at KC Walker on Twitter. And uh, if you have any questions, just let me know. If you have any um, comments, uh, anything like that, I will address them um, on the show. And, yeah, uh, thank you for tuning in to the 20th and Blake podcast. As always, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thanks again. Talk to you next time.